Welcome live to Out of Our Minds here on KCOU 88.1 FM, the morning show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. where Will Nolte, myself, and Gerald Hopkins directly across from me open up the newspaper in the sports world and see what is going on and speak directly out of our minds without any preparation whatsoever. Good morning, Gerald Hopkins. Well, I'm so happy we do this like every week. Last week, we got to make our Twitter announcement. Well, I got to make mine about working uh, for the Columbia Missourian. Um, and in, in that fun time, I got to also mention that, hey, me and Will are doing this. We have a Twitter page. Um, I'll find the exact app because out of our minds, KCOU is too long for a Twitter handle. So I had to condense it a little bit. But I will get you that. Make sure we plug O-O-U-M, everything. O-O-U-M, KCOU. Yeah, something like that. Is the Twitter handle exact name. But also, if you search exactly out of our minds on KCOU or Will Nolte or Gerald Hopkins, you should be able to find ourselves pretty easily on the Bird app. Yeah, I know. And we'll have some more stuff coming out on the Bird app. Um, we are just kind of now getting everything pieces together. Um, but Will, I came in here right at 8.59. Will said, I have a story about my life to share this week. And I thought the story of my life, the life in this week was going to be, oh my God, USC Fire Clay Helton. But that, whoa, 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 we'll get, but we'll to, get that. to that. We'll get to that. Will has a personal life story and I cannot wait any longer to hear it. I, this is the first time I'm hearing it. So Will, take it away. I, oh goodness. It was like, it's not a personal story. It's not like any personal big news or anything. It was more just like something that happened this week. So... This being the student radio station of the University of Missouri, we are both students here at the University of Missouri, and I was sitting in class uh, Monday afternoon, and it was a small classroom, probably only 14 students in there in in our TA, and I was sitting in class with uh, Dottie Hanway, the chief legislative administrator of KCRU, and it's a 50-minute class, and 35 minutes into the class... So midway through this class, this guy pops in from the hallway, just walks in from the hallway, places a large duffel bag down, and leaves. And dips. This happened in two seconds. If you weren't paying attention, you would not notice, but you would definitely notice the large, almost completely full duffel bag now sitting in the front of our classroom. And we're all looking at each other like, I know what we think this is, (laughs) but is this actually, could it be, is there a bomb in our classroom that this guy just comes in with a duffel bag and just places it down at the very front? And our TA, bless her heart, she, she, for one, she's not the greatest teacher, too. She picks it up. She does exactly what you're not supposed to do. She picks it up, goes in the hallway, and just throws it outside. Just tosses it. Just tosses it into the hallway. <laughs> and I think Dottie's sitting next to me. He said, "Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> That's so funny. I can't believe that. She's just like, you know what? I wait, this could just blow up right now. Not in my classroom, she said. She just (laughs) threw it in the hallway. She just threw it outside. She did, and and then did nothing. We just kept having class. What is this class about? Uh, It was media effects. So, like, the effect that media will have, like, (laughs) psychologically um, or long-term consumption. We're talking about cultivation theory. But that was the thing. I was going to... I thought my last moments looking at this double bag would be learning about cultivation theory of all things. can't believe that and oh so we walk by so then the class ends 15 minutes later and we all walk by outside this duffel bag now sitting in the hallway and everyone has to file out i have to go to class at a different building so i thankfully leave its presence donnie however has class right across the hall (laughs) during the next period and he was texting me throughout the entire thing of uh kind of updates he said there were police officers and dogs inside the hallway and when he was kind of getting nervous he was kind of like sitting as far away from where he knew the bag to be in his classroom that he was sitting in and uh when he left the class an hour later he said all the police officers all the cops all the dogs all and the bag were gone which means they probably took it which is terrifying 
no MU alert for that. No, nothing on the news <laughs> that this is the this is the first time this this story is probably being shared over any medium. That's insane. That is legitimately so wild. I cannot believe that. Yeah, that that happened on Monday. So I guess I will have the class today and probably act like it did not happen. It didn't happen. It, I could, I, no, no one knows now. It only the only platform breaking news here by Will Nolte. Uh, was this Arts and Science building? I feel like this is yes. a very Arts and Science yes. building story. <laughs> yes, it, it happened inside the arts on the second floor of the Arts and Science building, and and just not it's like it's not the first classroom you see when you walk in the building. You have to go up a flight of stairs and down the hall to get to this room. So it's not like it was planned, but also it sounded like he just walked into the most random classroom he could have possibly entered and placed this large and clearly full duffel bag like it clearly looked like it it had some work zipping it up or it took some effort to zip it up that's so crazy it's just such like a what like i'm still i don't even know how to react to something like that i yeah i i I texted some of my friends about it or texted my friend group chat and I also like texted my mom about it and my mom of course said get out get the hell out of here my please. my friends of course said bring the duffel bag back in the room <laughs> <laughs> your friends just want utter chaos so it's yeah it's it's on all spectrums what happened and yeah and I, I know nothing about this guy. I could not remember a single thing about him because it happens so quickly. He just pops in this room, places this duffel bag down, leaves. Just went out with his day. Yeah. That's so crazy. This is something where you should, we could monitor, like, CaseNet or something and see if it they found any DNA on him or your TA because the TA grabbed the bag. Because and threw the it. TA just grabbed the bag and threw it outside, yes. So, like, that's probably the best part about this is, like, that she did, that she won, did nothing. Yeah. She did not. But also put herself in a worse spot now if they were like to DNA this thing. Ex- yeah, I know. Yes. Her fingerprints are on that bag. The more you know. And yeah, but also through it. <laughs> handled this potential bomb in the worst way possible. Just tossed it outside into the hall. May have done a roll or two before it landed upright. <laughs> Press a button inside. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, what if you throw it too hard and you just hit the one thing you don't need to hit? See, in in hindsight, I I I feel bad because I in hindsight I wish we opened it. Just because I'm so curious. I it, it may not have been a bomb, but I'm so curious what was inside it. It was probably something so dumb too. I I brought I I've told the story uh, once or twice this week, and someone said, "Yeah, it could have been a." bag of snakes i was like all right sure it could have been a bag of snakes that's one way to think about it i feel like however people interpret what's inside the bag it kind of like explains what's going on in their mind right so if it's like someone's like oh yeah it's a bag of snakes like yeah this is somebody that like watches snakes on a plane consistently indiana jones it like lives that type (laughs) of life one person could be like what if it was money well, you're in the business school. Like, if yeah, you right. the duffel bag is filled with cash, you're in the business Who, school. Yeah, this guy was leaving us all a gift in our uh, noon Monday media effects section four Calling class. Broke. That's what it was. Yeah, I don't know. Just Yeah, it could have been filled absolutely with money. That would have been millions of dollars. See, like, what if it— Because okay. the bag, it was a large duffel bag and it was full. What if this was uh, just a couple of days ago, MU received like a four dollars to $50,000 donation uh, for entrepreneurship and stuff like that. What if that was the donation and they just were like, a real entrepreneur will open the bag and will take an opportunity. What if that's it? It doesn't explain the cops. <laughs> the cops are entrepreneurs. Sure. I guess. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't explain the dog either. The dog is just built different. The dog's a wolf. That's why there's wolves on Wall Street. Ha. Ha. <laughs> ha. I really can't believe 
I was really, I did not know where you're going to take this story. I had oh, no clue. I'm so glad that we opened with it. It's the strangest story I've ever experienced at here. And I mean, I've a, a couple weeks ago in a different class, I had somebody uh, stalking my teacher outside, a former student stalking my male over six foot five teacher. Oh, God. I don't even want it. Like, like stalking as in I don't know inside the class and then dap them up at eight fifty one. I I did not see this person who was stalking <laughs> my six foot five teacher, but my teacher was kind of scared and I saw that and I felt bad about that and that was weird and we were on Zoom for the next three weeks before we got a restraining order. Oh my god. Will, what's goes on in your classes? I mean, with like my two in-person classes, and like the most exciting thing was like our teacher accidentally roasting somebody one time, and you're out here with the teacher getting stalked and like a lot of other things. Like, what is going on? You, you Who knows? The wildest classes here. Those are, those are those are two of my four classes. So now we'll, we'll find out what 50% happens. Fifty percent wild, fifty percent college. Like what? What? Yeah. No. Seriously. That, I mean, I guess a potential bomb in the classroom is 50% college or wild or (laughs) (laughs) that's the college part actually the media effects is the rest but I feel like oh goodness it's there were 913 already just with this whole I I, I'm happy I'm happy I shared this story but also this is no this is worth every second we've given it it'll now be almost yeah no we just hit 913 but like this was worth every second of it because this isn't just happening this is I think one of the reasons I'm glad we created this type of thing, because, like, yeah, we're, we'll talk about some other things later. We'll figure that out. But, like, where else are you going to tell people that, like, you had a duffel bag just randomly in your classroom by a dude who just dropped it off? That could have been a bomb. He just walked right into the classroom, dropped the duffel bag down, and dipped. Like, this is peak student radio. You won't hear yeah. this a lot of other places. This is exactly the stuff you'll hear on student radio. Stu- stories from the students of what happens. The student voice on your Missouri Tigers right here. <laughs> like, if I've heard it any better. And a lots of music. We play a lot of music here on KCOU. A lot of good music. Our music staff, fantastic. Absolutely marvelous. Got to give them their shouts out. Applications for the music staff, if you're interested, close tonight at 11.59, I believe. So go to KCOU.fm, I believe, or find uh, us on MU Engage if you are interested in applying and joining music staff here at kcou they do some cool things um they i remember they you know they'll, they'll always go to like uh cafe berlin every once in a while for like fundraisers that's always a fun time i remember the uh, the sports section went to east side i think that was a whole kcu thing that was pre-pandemic that you're, was you're thinking you're thinking of events that they throw yeah i know they also do stuff like <laughs> a couple like times that you're thinking of events they throw a couple times a year well that happened we did I'm, th- I'm, I'm highlighting the events but like yeah did, uh, you have like djs who come up for an hour do some fantastic playlists two hours two is it normally two i thought it was one they get two see as the program director will would know this better than i would yeah uh so that's <laughs> great that i have him here to correct me but you know, two hour sets. Um, I remember that was it just last semester, May Day, fantastic. That was every all parts of the station. But. May Day was last May on May Day, May first. We had uh, what was originally planned to be a twenty four hour broadcast, eventually turned into a bunch of live artists actually coming in late at night uh, and playing live sets throughout the pretty much the entire night, and it was fantastic. Um, so not much. It was pretty much run and DJ, not DJ, but hosted by the music staff here at KCOU. But they uh, mostly what they do is uh, continuously add uh, the songs to our library that you continuously hear throughout the entire week here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Like I was saying, those applications close today, tonight. 11.59 is the deadline for the music staff. Sports staff applications are rolling, so email sports at kcou.fm if you are interested. I believe news as well. Uh... I'm blanking on exactly how the news application works. Email, I think the email's news at kcou.fm or find us on MU Engage. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Uh, great place to be. So, anything else you got to add here, Will, as you're plugging KCOU religiously? I don't, but if we open up the morning newspaper for In the Sports World, I'll tell you, I had trouble finding anything going on in the sports world. I went to the twitter.com sports trending page and the number one thing was Simone Biles at the Met Gala. 
Well, that was also the Met Gala was something. I, this is the first year I really haven't paid attention to the Met Gala. Usually, I pay a little bit more. I know that AOC this wore like a. This text. was the first year you didn't pay attention to the Met Gala. No, I okay. I you're far ahead of me then. Uh, I I kind of like give it like a, a side eye. I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on at the Met Gala? And then the only thing I saw was that AOC wore a tax the rich dress, which was very on brand. Uh, don't have a feeling towards it either way. That was the only thing that popped out to oh, me that was though. Cool. Uh, I saw it on literally, I didn't even see it on the Twitter. I saw it on CNN as I was walking through the newsroom because then CNN was talking about it. And I go, AOC just did exactly what she was trying to do, which was get a X amount of attention from people by doing something that is, um, would be, I don't want to say considered extreme, but extra, but I appreciated it. But you know, Met Gala, sometimes that's cool things. Isn't like somebody dude fall up the stairs one time? Jason Derulo. <laughs> that's. Jason Derulo. <laughs> I'm clipping that. That's our whole. That that is it. That, that's our spot or our promo. It's just you taking Jason Derulo falling down the stairs. That's actually our whole promo. Nothing else. Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But well. I can't be the first one to have made that joke. <laughs> I know, but considering it happened what four or five years ago, <laughs> I know. But that's part of that's like the best part. Doesn't Gun have a song like Met Gala? I think that's like my farthest I, reaching I, Met I Gala have, <laughs> knowledge. I have I have. no idea. And that's that's the farthest reaching Met Gala knowledge I have. Um, but I don't even know if we have anything else to add to it. Uh, I'll give you a choice. Do we want to go into this Clay Helton stuff now or later? I think that's so interesting. So, so interesting. I think we can go into it now. It's week two. And the head coach of the USC Trojans just got fired. Yes, after losing to the nerds of Stanford. And I don't even say the nerds of Stanford in a way that is, like, so mean. But, like, they got destroyed. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole game. But from everything I'm hearing and some of the things I'm seeing, it was kind of like the Texas-Arkansas game this weekend where Arkansas just did everything right. They looked way better than Texas in every way, shape, or form. Stanford did the same thing to USC, just on the other side of the coast. Like, What's wild to me with this whole thing is that Clay Hilton's been there for seven years, <laughs> and nobody's really known what he looks like. He's not the most memorable name, face, figure. If you, like, I, I remember a great tweet from Holly Anderson. When they made the announcement USC did, they put it on like their, I think, athletics page. Holly Anderson quote tweets it because it's just a press release. It doesn't have his face on it. And he, she goes, look at it, no face. They don't even know what he looks like. Which is, I think, a great way to like summarize that joke. Jerry, can I interrupt you for one yes. moment? Do you hear that static? Maybe. It's probably my nose. No, it's not your nose. <laughs> Do you mind moving to mic four? Okay, you ready? Live, yes. live radio right here. That is more echoey. Wow, you can hear an air conditioner in the background. Okay, cool. There's less static. Continue about Clay Helton. One of my favorite things about this Clay Helton story was seeing all the Urban Meyer memes, consider, <laughs> considering he lost week one with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, now it's everyone is saying he's contemplating or making the joke that he's contemplating taking the USC job. <laughs> I would because, I mean, okay, yes, Urban Meyer has done kind of crazier things in terms of his coaching changes, but... He's not made for the pros. Poss possibly not. Losing in the pros is one of the... More common things that, like... Because in college football, you can really have more control as a coach. You can recruit players that you want. You can say no to guys you want. And especially where, where Urban Meyer was at Ohio State and the program he had built, and also at Florida... You could say no to kids because you knew you had better kids on the way, right? You didn't have to kind of take a risk on a three-star kid that you think has problems because you knew you had a four- or five-star kid that would fill that spot that wanted to come to Florida or wanted to come to Ohio State. You can't do that in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, it's, okay, our salary cap's $80 million or whatever. You figure it out from there. Like, And so if you don't build the team well, you can't just go out next year and recruit everybody. And losing is also part of that process of not to say recruiting, but rebuilding. If Urban Meyer was taking preseason losses, which he was 
way more to heart. There's been multiple reports of this dude getting way too fired up, angry at preseason games. There's no way he lasts more than a year because those games don't matter. Okay, they would like it. They go and four in the preseason. Who cares? These next 16 or now I think 17 games are the ones that define contracts, the ones that get players bonuses, that get you playoff spots, etc. Why, do, why does it matter if he was fired up during preseason games or not? Do you want not want to get the best out of your players from the top bottom, even the players that do play in these preseason games? Because if you're too one, if you're too emotional on early in the season, you don't keep a goal in mind. It's just not gonna. You're not gonna keep people around because it's a. It's one thing if he's emotional and he wants the best out of his guys. He's working with them. He's just getting mad at them. <laughs> like it's not. It's no win here if it. They don't respect him because he gives them too much flack and he's not being a great coach. And all and the only thing he's doing is just having his temper flare up at these guys. It's one thing if it's like. I don't want us to be the last team in the NFL. We're gonna, you're gonna work for me, but we're gonna do something. It's not a thing of we're supposed to win every game, even though we know we're not. And I'm gonna just take that anger out on you guys. It's poor leadership. And in college, he kind of got away with that because they would win, and he could have these really, this really high temper when they lost because they didn't lose often. It's like the you didn't want to piss Urban Meyer off at Ohio State and lose because he had more right to be. Angry. He had built the program up for whatever. He's set the game plan better, whatever. He has less control. So if he wants to get this high temper about his team not doing as well, he can't control anything and fix it. He's got to trust these guys. He's got to let that kind of that process seed out, especially more than you could in college. And these guys are also professionals. You can't just, you have to talk to them differently. You have to respect them at a different level. They get paid more than you. Like, this is, there's a different dynamic as a NFL head coach that I don't know if Urban Meyer knows yet or can ever really learn that just doesn't suit that level, at least in my hot take opinions here. It's also week one in his first ever NFL job. And so <clears throat> it's, it's kind of hard, but we'll, he, it's a learning process for him too. It's he's still learning how I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt could ongoing in Jacksonville. I, I I hope they do well. They didn't look horrible in the second half against Houston. Yeah, no, they have pieces. Jackson will be... Is, I know that Trevor Lawrence, despite throwing three picks, had more fantasy points than Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team this week. Yeah, and they, they will get better. But it's one of these things where I worry about for those guys is the development process in the NFL is so tricky. Right, and you need somebody who knows how to get the best out of those guys in those systems. Because if it, you know, they do the urban experiment for three years, and Trevor Lawrence, yeah, he might get a lot of reps, but are they good reps? You know, ETN, they're run, the running back that got hurt earlier this year. You know, if they keep putting him in situations that don't help him succeed, that's a wasted second round pick, or that was late first round. It pick. was late first round, yes. So they that was a first round pick, Travis ETN. So. When you're trying to build out this young team, you need goals. You need a guy who, instead of his, not necessarily only focused on winning, is focused on development and growth. And I think that's where I get more curious with the Urban Meyer experiment. Because will this high energy and stuff like that and this high temper help these guys grow? Because if it doesn't, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money. And you're wasting guys' futures. And that's something you really can't do when you have, arguably, a generational talent that could be a quarterback. You know, a guy at Clemson who did everything. And when you looked at him, and there was a pretty decent quarterback class. And everyone was like, it's Lawrence one. Anywhere else, you're just, I don't know where you're looking. Right? That's saying something. And... Trevor Lawrence can turn out to be an absolute bum. Who knows? It's the NFL. And rating a quarterback is next to impossible. We've thought guys, there's just so many guys that we thought were going to be fantastic that blow out and guys that we, no one expected to be good who are great. That's part of the process. But you don't want to put those guys, especially this younger group that you're supposed to try to build from the bottom, in a spot where they're not going to grow. And can Urban do that? Early signs are not looking great, but I could be totally wrong. 
I am a college student who has never been in a locker room trying to tell you how a locker room works. I know my weaknesses. Jerry's Jacksonville Tangent here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Peak, peak college radio. Anything else you want to add to this, Will? I don't have anything. I believe it's time. We take our first break of the hour. We'll be back in just a moment here on KCOU 88.1 FM. You're listening to Out of Our Minds with Will Nolte and Gerald Hopkins. Back here on KCOU 88.1 FM, you're listening to Out of Our Minds here with Will Nolte and Gerald Hopkins. The show every Wednesday morning, we open the morning newspaper and see what's going on in the sports world and go off on our own tangents about it out of our minds. I love this song. I hope you realize that this is one of my favorite Earth, Wind & Fire songs. Fantastic oh, choice by Will yes. himself. No, I, I certainly agree. It's one of, the, uh, one of the instrumentals on our library of songs I could play. And I heard it actually in the Monday Night Football broadcast as like one of their outros. And I was like, oh, I'd take that. Out of Our Minds and Monday Night Football collaboration coming soon. Just kidding. Uh, I yes, wish. I get all my inspiration from Monday Night Football. I hope you don't. There's been so many bad Monday Night Football games. Maybe that's the inspiration of the show. Not this past no, Monday. No, this last one was fantastic. No, I will say, the NFL, for the first time in a long time for me, perhaps is because I finally have Sundays free where I'm not working at TGI Fridays. I I enjoy the NFL now. And it's it it this past weekend was one of the first times... For me, it will it outshone college football this weekend. This week too in college football I had some good moments too, it which did. I think the best part. Uh, Sunday for me turned into my sleeping day. I wake up. Uh, uh, well, this is how my weekend rocks. Uh, Friday usually I don't do anything, but the last three weeks I've been at KOMU. Saturday morning, me and Will, uh, not me, Will, me and Alex come on the radio, and then I watch a bunch of college football or do any other activities depending on if Mizzou's home or away. Uh, then Sunday morning. I have a backup breakfast, as I call it, because uh, in case I am not feeling great Sunday night into su- er, Saturday night into Sunday morning, I guarantee myself breakfast at Rollins by working breakfast at Rollins. Um, then after that, I do homework and sleep on my Sundays. But I'll try to catch a game here too. Other than things, the Bears are not that good, and we're just waiting to decide if Justin Fields is worth our time, which he absolutely is. Uh, so. Really, for me, there's not much stake in the game until Justin Fields actually starts. Unless they're just trying to, like, kill Andy Dalton and just let our offensive line, like, get better. I guess. I don't know. See, my point was more of, like, it's... I enjoy watching the NFL now for the first time in years because maybe it's because the... I grew up on college football, and maybe it's because now that every single person besides the anomalic 44-year-old Tom Brady played during the time when I fell in love with college football. And now that's maybe why I've kind of gotten really into the NFL recently because I just it was always just something that was a background thing. I always enjoyed the Atlanta Falcons, but I never was invested in the full NFL. I'm invested after week one this year. Have you seen the Dorktown thing on the Atlanta Falcons? I've not had a chance to watch it. Have I seen the what? So SB Nation, right? Um, great YouTube channel. Oh Netflix yeah, Media. yeah. You told me about this. I, I think so. You. The, it's the mini documentary series on the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, I have not had a chance to watch it. I that think, sounds painful. I don't want to watch it. Well, John Boyce and I think it's Alex Ruberstein always do a good job. So it's worth you watching just because I know they're good. They like they won't let me down. They won't let you down. It's a, it's a good documentary. It's a good production that I would enjoy. Yes. Okay. But the story. I, 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 I will not enjoy. Probably not. I don't know. You may just enjoy Michael Vick will be Michael Vick will be cool. There's a lot. I've just, Matt I've, Ryan for the first couple of years will be cool, and the last couple of years kind of. I, I think they'll take care of you. I don't think they've they've never let me down with anything. I watched a five part series or however long it was about the Seattle Mariners, and loved it. I think that explains more than anything, because like outside of King Felix and Ichiro, I was like. The Mariners. Well, yeah, I was like Ken Griffey Jr. Um, but they're a very weird franchise in general that doesn't really hasn't done a lot. And I watched every second of it and enjoyed it. So 
I think you'll enjoy it as a known Atlanta Falcons fan. How's Kyle Pitts looking? I think that's my question. So I did not get the Falcons versus Eagles game this past weekend here out in Columbia, Missouri. So I did not get to watch it, but he is on my fantasy team. And I saw that he only had like five catches for 40 yards or something. They got to learn how the to use the entire him game because, okay. It was the first, his first ever NFL game. What do you mean? They got to learn how to, I mean, because I agree. He's so good. He I'm, is also a generational talent, but I just, he is so interesting. Like I'm, when we were talking about the SEC East being Alex, I was like, you don't just replace a guy like him. Like, Kyle Trask was in the Heisman. You yes. Know, it, like, was one of the guys in the Heisman finalist. I could guarantee you if he did not have Kyle Pitts on his side. No. He's nowhere close. No, now, no, 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 no. He no. may have had an above-average season. And but he was great. Nowhere. That dude could throw it up to Kyle. And Matt Ryan probably still could do as well. Just toss the ball up. Within five yards, and that dude will come down with it, at least in the red zone. That was like his go-to. I don't know. I was very, very high on him. I hope he succeeds. I do, too, considering I'm a Florida fan and an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yeah, no, you have a I, lot of more vested interest than I do. <laughs> I'm fully invested in the Kyle Pitts project, but I, yeah, he was outshone. Devontae Smith had a really good game for the Eagles. All I, I know on the other side of the ball, so it's not like receivers coming in as a rookie Granted, he is a tight end, and rookie tight ends don't normally reach their peak uh, their first season in the NFL, but... Did you see Devontae Smith caught his first NFL touchdown? In the same exact spot, he t- caught that game-winning touchdown from the 2018 National Championship? Absolutely. Against Georgia in Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Yeah, yes, absolutely. I saw that. that was yes, I saw that. Poetic. Another guy I want to see, Devontae Smith, fantastic dude, also, like... Never heard a bad thing about him. So I, during that 2018 national championship game, I was actually in Germany uh, on a trip with a couple of my classmates from high school. And we were staying in this hostel. I believe we were, we stayed in Munich and Berlin. So I believe we were in Munich at this point. Uh, Maybe we're, we must've been in Munich. We must've been in Munich and it doesn't really matter, but we're in this hostel and me and the rest of the guys on the trip are in one hostel room and the girls room is directly below us. Now me and the rest of the guys, we're all sports fans, but none of us were Georgia fans. None of us were Alabama fans. And this game was at three in the morning in Germany. The girls below us were all going to Georgia and Alabama next year. There were probably six of them and they were all split between Bama and Georgia fans and football down South. They were invested. They were really invested in the game. So they stayed up to watch this game and they, we were warned, keep the noise down because it's, I know it's the national championship. I know it's the, but you're also staying in a hostel with other people. Just keep the noise down. And I, I remember the screams throughout the game because I was kind of sleeping through it. I was just going to find out what happened. I did not care for either Georgia nor Alabama, so I was just, I did not have a dog in the fight, so I was just going to find out who won in the morning. The the screams woke me up. I think my favorite part... The screams from that Devontae Smith catch woke me up. Oh, yeah. And this, maybe even before that in overtime, and then... So did you hear those screams whenever Devontae from the, caught... From the floor below me. But when he caught the when he caught the first touchdown for, what was it, the Eagles, right? Did you just, like, in the back of your head, you just hear, like, some screams? Like, oh, my God. Like, just a full circle Yeah, moment. just in the hostel room below me. <laughs> it did not sound like that it was more like because it, it was funny w- about those screams because like i said they were split between half bama fans half georgia fans in this one hostel room so half the screams were screaming yes the others were screaming at the tv like how'd you blow this coverage we now have still yet to win a national championship since 1980 <laughs> you want to throw that one in there didn't you of course i did but <laughs> It it was like that. It was it was it was a rather funny moment for me, having no dog in the fight and not wanting the dogs to win. You know, I don't know anything about the girls ever below you in this place, but I wonder if they were like all from 
down south, or if these are yeah, people like they were uh, all they were all classmates of mine from Atlanta, so they were all they all grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Because it would have been even funnier if these are people who are not like from down south who are going to Georgia, like oh yeah, I'm from Chicago, I'm going to Georgia, go dogs, and they don't understand like the pain that comes with being a Georgia football fan. No, they all they all grew up as either Georgia fans or Alabama fans, and then went on and joined the same sorority their mom and grandma were in at those universities and. Nothing like keeping in this. That's so perfect. Like, oh, yeah, they went to Germany. They went back. They went to their the family's alma mater, did the exact same thing. Repeat, clean, wash, do it again. Like, that's amazing. I'm glad, though, that you found you've had some fantastic stories today, Will. I'm very jealous. Thank you. So yeah, that was that was in Munich. That we I didn't even watch that game. What game we did watch, me and the guys that the girls did not were in our hostel room in Berlin was the Minnesota versus New Orleans Saints playoff game oh. where Stefan Diggs and the Mi- 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 what is it? What is it? The Minneapolis and the Minnesota Miracle? Yeah, there's that Minnesota last Miracle. second catch in the playoffs to beat the Saints. And we're all Falcons fans, so we do not like the Saints. That was amazing. I don't know if we screamed, but that was that was neat to watch in Berlin at 2 a.m. I think I was at a travel basketball game in high school or something like that um, because I was like, you know, kind of keep your tabs on it, but it's young Jerry. He doesn't know exactly what's going on. And then out of nowhere, I look at one of the TVs. I just saw it happen. I was like, whoa. And I kind of didn't like it because as a Bears fan. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, whoa. Like, as a Bears fan, you don't really want the Vikings to succeed either. It's an NFC North thing, but it seems like I didn't have, like, as much of a dog in it. But I'm like, you know, yeah. the Vikings, I don't remember if they pushed the Bears out of the playoffs or something that year. But you just don't like the Saints as much as I do, so you were just... Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I was more just, like, <laughs> I was shocked. I was a little, I was, like, a wee bit annoyed, like, just a wee bit, uh, that the Vikings had pulled this off. But I was just really, it was just, that was a woe moment. There's only been a couple. My peak of woe moments, like, where you're just, like, you look at the TV you like that just happened and you don't have a lot of words for it was the alabama the iron bowl where the auburn brought back the field goal the kick six yes 2013 i watched that whole thing live i remember walking down this is before i really got into college football because in the midwest it's more like you're a big 10 person so that can be really <laughs> hit or miss depending on what so all the on. games were over by 3 30 that day and that, yeah i know <laughs> but it's also just like it's like it depends where you live in the midwest to really determines how much you care about college football because like living in the chicago you either really like iowa or you're a northwestern nerd or you don't care at all because Illinois hasn't been good forever. No Michigan, no Ohio State fans. No Notre, Less. Notre more, Dame. They more state. Notre Dame a little bit has a the Notre Dame Southside connection is there. Um, but then Notre Dame's not really Big Ten. They're just kind of we're better than everybody type thing. So there's an mm-hmm. arrogance that comes to being a Notre Dame fan, especially in the Midwest. That I think uh, leads a lot of people to not like Notre Dame. Um, that's a whole different topic for a different day. But I remember that Iron Bowl because I was like, I walked by, I think I was sitting with my dad. And I go, they're going to bring back this kick. Just totally being like. No, no, wait, you did not predict it. Let me listen. You did not predict I always, it. And I, I've done this more than one time and I usually fail. I just say like the wildest stuff is going to happen. Not because I really think it will, but I'm like, it's just going to happen. And it did. I was like, no way. And okay, do I get any props now, you know, X amount of years later? Telling you that, Will, I predicted one kick six I won no money on, have a little bit of personal pride in. No, not really. Cool. It's one thing I got to share on the radio. But that's why I remember it so vividly. Not just because it was a great play, but I was like, they're going to bring it back. Like, it's just going to happen. I don't know why I thought it. I've also said that, like, guys will hit these crazy threes, and they don't. So it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, he's going to hit that three to win it. And then air balls. So I've been hit or miss on these wild last-second predictions. But that one worked. I don't know why it worked. I, I, it may be maybe because you saw Chris Davis like lingering at the bottom of the screen. You saw it was a freshman kicker from fifty. I factored none of that in seven yards, <laughs> however long it was. I may have remembered. I remember it was a long kick. See, like again, this is I was not very much into this game nor college football at this time nor football in general. I've really learned the actual game of football a lot during college. Um, yeah, because I did. A, I worked a lot in basketball world, so I really got myself immersed in just high school, college, pro, et cetera. So now I'm kind of picking up the pace here with college football, pro football, et cetera. So at that moment, I didn't, I did, I did the one thing I may have factored in was that it was a long field goal, <laughs> but it wasn't anything where I was like, Oh yeah, I know it's a freshman kicker. I'm afraid. I was more like, let's just have something wild happen. He's going to bring it back. Dad. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever. 
it happened. I was like, oh my God. And here I am saying, yeah, sure, whatever. You Sure, you predicted the kick six. I've been reading Vern Lundquist's book, who was the play-by-play commentator for CBS and was on the call for that game uh, in Auburn. I almost said Tuscaloosa. It was in Auburn. And he... He says it was one of his greatest mistakes that he regrets not noticing Chris Davis at the bottom of the screen and not pointing pointing out to the fact that he could return it. Could this kick end up short until Chris Davis already had the ball and was already running at the past the 10 yard line, past the 20, past the 30, just all the way down the field. I, I that is one of those things like we will, I hope, I'm excited. I'm going to preview something. You know, me and you will be calling the South Carolina game, hopefully, as long as everything goes to plan this year yeah. against Missouri. Um, if South Carolina this, continue playing the way they do. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Luke, Luke Doty, their quarterback, should be back soon. soon. <laughs> Good. That's probably the best way to answer it, especially after their uh, fun time in, in East Carolina. Um, they almost lost that game. If it, uh, you know, I, I watched, I watched. I know you know, but for the for those who don't, um, yeah. East Carolina was up as much as fourteen nothing in that game, right? It was a seventeen fourteen game, and it was a twenty seventeen game. Okay, yeah, I it was, was a twenty to seventeen. Game. It was game winning field goal for the Gamecocks. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember uh, my favorite part of seeing Shane Beamer just being like really really excited. I'm like, dude. I did see that. I saw all the South Carolina staff. I mean, yes, when you make a game winning field, like it doesn't matter who the opponent is if you've had a dogfight in a game and you end up winning on a last second field goal. You have a right to be excited. You have a right to be well, one and one. Is that what they are now? Two and oh? Uh, ooh, I don't know where they play week one. Uh, I'll, I've left live radio that one. Um, but I know they have one win. Uh, yeah, the South Carolina Gamecocks have a lot of work to do, but I know you've been reading this book for a while, and I'm very curious. Because I, I, I've had it. I, yeah, I've had it for a while. I don't read it. It's not like I'm a slow reader. It's more just like I'll tap into specific sports moments that I know he called like uh, something involving Jack Nicholas that I should read. Yeah, no, and I but I know you've been taking bits <laughs> and pieces of this. Yeah. Um, also, South Carolina because Vern, Vern, Vern Lundquist is one of my f- favorite play-by-play commentators of all time. And I'm excited to see what you've taken away from that in the game we work with. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so I never heard him on radio. I only heard him on CBS. But he had a gift of, I mean, okay, he's still alive, so he has a gift, but he's just retired, of being able to let a crowd do his call for him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Especially towards uh, the end of his career when I was more watching him and taking notes of what he was doing. He had a gift of not going crazy, not going Gus Johnson, saying as much as he could. He had a gift of timing every word right so the crowd could do, especially if it was a home game, all the work for him. And if it was a home game, or if it was a away game, he could do the same thing as well, too, with the silence. There is something, and I think this year especially, where that becomes that much more impressive and important because of all the fans now back in the stands. Last year, it's that piped-in crowd noise, or a lot of nothing. So, as a commentator, you have to fill that space because you can have this fantastic moment happen, but doesn't the ambiance of the moment doesn't exist because it's either the same noise you've been hearing every time you have a first down because it's the same crowd B-roll or crowd you know sound, or it's just the sidelines. So this year, we've had those full stands. You see, you saw Fayetteville this weekend, right? And all these other places have I this. Saw Lexington. Lexington was full, right? So. And I'm excited to be back in the booth with at least a pretty sizable crowd, unless Missouri football decides to like. I think I think no matter what, Missouri will will have a good crowd that day. I hope so. Missouri fans are really interesting. One thing that that I've come to learn that is a very chicken and the egg thing. Mizzou fans, as in, if you build it, they'll come. But the people who are building it are like, we need you to come to help build it. And so it's like yeah, it's the case in a lot of places. But I I'm happy fans are back. I'm happy college football is fully back. NFL I mentioned at the top of the show or middle of the show that I'm invested. I am invested in football. Finally, both footballs. Yeah, it feels great, and it has been. I, well, Champions I'm, League is back with fans. You know, I'd love to talk about the Champions League, but the I'm young, Arsenal fan. The young, BSC Young Boys beat Manchester United yesterday. Manchester United with Ronaldo. Yeah, that's that was so wild. 
off a goal from Jordan Siabachu, the American striker. That's what we love. In the 94th minute. That's what we absolutely love. love he didn't so, do anything so for the U.S. men's national team when he put on that jersey, but he got a very kind gift in a ball that fell directly towards him, and he put it in the back of the net to beat Manchester United. Hey, shout out to America. Shout out to America Soccer just for that moment. We're peaking right now. Uh, just kidding. Very far shout out to the young boys. Shout out to the young boys. I feel that's one of those things where it's like, I know we have a couple more minutes. I always wanted to end on that. That's actually really, really funny. But I've already killed our ending by saying that's really, really funny. What? What is, oh, the that he scored? No, that for? just shout out young boys. Because what if we oh, just the left na- that out of context? The na- the I know they're the BCS young boys. young boys. But like, what if we just BSC. left it out of context? And we, it's like, we just uh, thought we yeah. were young boy stands. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't say that. Um, he <laughs> said, <laughs> "Don't don't associate me with anything near this, please." No, yeah, it's a it's a it's a Swiss team in Basel, in Basel, in somewhere in Switzerland. I should look it up to be honest. But it is a Swiss team who has consistently played in the Champions League, but has in the UEFA Champions League, but has never. But they're like uh, Ajax in the Netherlands. That very good team in the Netherlands. They are that no, they are not like Ajax. Ajax has have Johan Cruyff. Ajax is consistently yeah, like, good but, okay, and consistently but, competes. It's consistently one of the most historic clubs. Hear in me out here. Europe. They are not like Ajax. I say this not as a slight to Ajax, but it is for the your regular American fan who goes, "Oh yeah, that's a team for the Netherlands." Young boys are also on not in the same level historically in any way, shape, or form. But as in these teams, everyone looks at like the super big names. Oh man, just United, Barcelona, all these you know, the teams that like have been Americanized, Manchester City, etc. Then you have these fantastic teams that really just dominate their home leagues, like an Ajax, or even maybe a young boy, not to as much to the degree, I don't know, the Swiss League, as much off the top of my head, yeah. that will come in <laughs> and be like Hey, surprise! We're actually fantastic as well. And then they had those big wins. It, there once it's in a not while. like they were fantastic. And uh, Aaron won Basaka for Manchester United. He got a red card in the 30th minute, and so they were up a man. And yeah, so young, win, I, I I looked it up. Young boys are in Bern, Switzerland, and are actually led by David Wagner, who's their manager, who used to be the famous manager for Huddersfield when they made the Premier League a couple years ago. Jesus. Small world. Oh wait, soccer. It's the whole world except for America. I feel like that's like. Oh, it's in America. Come on. I know it's in America. I I just love making that joke. Um, but no, I, that's the one thing I do love about the Champions League is, it, is are those teams that are not from basically the big five, the Bundesliga, you know, Syria, the Premier League, uh, League One, uh, and God. Okay, what have I gone through so far? I've named four off the top of my head pretty calmly. Uh, Oh god, it's the Spanish league too. This is league in Spain. Why am I tripping on this? It's it's La Liga, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I almost said Liga <laughs> it's MX. just called La Liga. I almost <laughs> tripped up and was gonna say Liga MX for the Mexican league. What? They don't know why I just confused the two of those. Yeah, the big five European uh, the power five soccer, soccer leagues. No, it's it's called just called the big five. Uh the Premier League, Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, and Apparently, Liga MX. Yeah, no, no. I don't know why. I <laughs> the, Mex- it was the, hard. the Mexican league um, is huh. now playing in the UEFA Champions League. Surprise! They're not even in Europe. They're just that good. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why'd you think it's Liga MX? <laughs> That's just, hilarious to me. For the sole fact that it, both of them have Liga in them. Oh yeah, they yeah they both speak Spanish. And it's just so for me. I was like, it was just the dumb mistake of going. Why is this one popping in my head? Because I knew it was wrong. Because, and then be like, why am I forgetting La Liga? Just forgetting the law, like the easiest part. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not my finest moment. But last week I was saying like even worse, dumb things. But you're like live translating for me, so I think I'm making improvements. Maybe mm-hmm. slowly. Somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. The but the Champions League continues today. Um, they're on games. I believe are on at two p.m. Central. Who's playing? Time. Oh goodness! Why'd you put me on the spot today? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't tell me that these games are happening. And be like, yeah, they're just happening. I could tell you every game that was yesterday. Well, tell me about what was your favorite game yesterday? Uh, that one. That was the only one game I could watch. Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool Milan today at two p.m. 
Atletico versus Porto. Inter Milan versus Real Madrid is today. That's a good game. Besiktas Dortmund, Erling Holland, and Gio Reyna will play today. Is Besiktas Dortmund uh, in the Russian league? Besiktas is in the Turkish league. Okay. Dortmund is in the German league. I know. I know. I knew, okay. Why am I thinking? I'm thinking. What team am I thinking of that's in the Russian league that is close? To, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, the only my only team that I really ever follow from the Russian league is Zenith because they had Hulk. Do they still have Hulk? Uh, no, he's like 37. I remember when they had Hulk, and that was probably my favorite soccer fact of all time. That this man, this giant soccer player, this giant man who looks like the Incredible Hulk, is named Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> he just plays in Russia. Of all places, he plays for Russia. With this team that has a huge oil, like oil money with them. Yeah, they, yeah, they have a Gazprom, I think, right in there. It's yep. a, it's the natural gas company. Yep. Provider, yeah, they have them right in their backyard. And what is the as their sponsor? Like CS K A Moscow. That's right. Don't forget Spartak Moscow and Dynamo Moscow and yeah, Locomotive no. Moscow. One and- day, me and my friend Cameron, who uh, is a fantastic, fantastic friend of mine, documentary journalism student, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna seek out and pick a favorite team in every league ever. And so he has this Google, like. He has this Google, uh, this Apple Note sheet, and just create, just start going. It was one of actually my favorite moments. What's his MLS team? Uh, Kansas City's team, because he's from KC. Sporting KC. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, made sense. That was one of those that made sense. But like me and him are sitting there. He's his computer screen is broken, so he has to use a projector. Uh, random fact of the day. Uh, and me and him are just looking through, and I'm like, he's like, okay, we're going to. I don't know, throw a league in. And I just got to just display my random FIFA knowledge from like FIFA 16 and whatever when I was actually was really into soccer even more than, than at that time. So yeah, I got to help him pick like a lot of great teams. He's a Wolfsburg fan. Shout out to me for that one. I think I've peaked in life. Anything you want to add, Will? You think you peaked in life? Yeah, I made my I made Cameron a Wolfsburg fan. I think that's pretty good. Wolfsburg. <laughs> I love that green, that's why. Yeah, it's it, I honestly I don't. It's one of my least favorite shades of green, and green's my favorite color. That's why we're both out of our minds. This has been out of <laughs> our minds here on KCOU. Did we spiel, spiel, spiel here directly out of our minds every Wednesday morning at nine a.m. Look out for our podcast on Spotify or wherever you may get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Ooh ooh U M out of our mind. Ooh ooh O O U M K C O U eighty eight one. That's right. On Twitter.com. WD Nolte. WD Nolte on Twitter. Gerald L. Hopkins 1. Gerald L. Hopkins 1. We've plugged everything. We'll talk to you guys about something next week. I don't know what it's going to be yet. We'll figure it out. Have a lovely Wednesday. We'll see you all next week.